Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis and Friends podcast, a place where my friends and I like to talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, or what's going on in life and around the world. I am Dennis. I am the host of this show. Welcome to episode 52. You hear the music. You know that means it's a workout episode. And Dawson Maxwell is back again because this man just wants to be on my show all the time for whatever reason. So here we are. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Um, we have a we have a very fun episode today. Expect a long rant towards the end. Um, I'm sure listeners, if you've been keeping up with the World Cup and this show, you will have a good uh, idea as to what there will be a rant about. But before we get there, let's talk about three of the games that happened today um, in Group C and D, and then we'll do the rant bit, and then we'll talk tomorrow's games. Um, okay, Dawson, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Uh, you pick the game we should start with for today. Um, I'm going to pick the, in my opinion, the least entertaining of the games, uh, Australia-Denmark. Okay. Um, I say least entertaining not because it wasn't a good game, because Australia played really well, um, but I just, I think this final game for Denmark really capped off a atrocious World Cup spell for them. Uh, I think they massively underperformed and they just weren't, they didn't, it wasn't enjoyable to watch them play so bad, you know, like this squad really, like they don't have a lot of like star stud talent, you know, but like you expect a little bit more from a team captained by Ericsson, you know, he's just kind of that player that's a leader and I don't know, not to say it's all on him because it's definitely not, but yeah, the play from them today was not great. Um, I think the first half, Denmark looked really good. Uh, they had some really quality chances. Uh, Australia's keeper really stepped up today, though, as well, so that made it tough on them. Um, the one-on-one -on -one defending also from Australia in the first half was really bad. Like, Denmark was kind of ripping them apart, getting into the box and creating chances. Uh, they just couldn't finish. Uh, and then the second half came around and Denmark just looked dead. Like it looked as if they completely had given up, which was surprising to me because Australia's goal didn't even come in the first half. Um, so like they had all the reason to come out into the second half strong and they didn't. Um, Australia took the lead around the 60th mark and it was kind of all Australia from there. Um, yeah, the, the, the finishing was just off. They had a lot of good crosses. The headers were horrible, though, as well in the second half. And they almost had a scorpion kick uh, in the 77th minute. Yeah, true. Which <laughs> is crazy. This is kind of out of nowhere. But, but yeah, that was kind of my thoughts on the game. It was kind of meh. Uh, great to see. Australia surprised me. I had them losing. But go Socceroos. Dude, I mean, you and I both were on the same boat about Denmark. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, obviously, so embarrassing. Yeah. But today, like, watching them play, like, did they understand that it was the last group stage game and did they understand that they needed to win 
Because I you didn't know? get that yeah. feeling at all until the last like 10, 15 minutes. Like yeah, I was I, so in, uninspired by their play. Yeah. Just straight up. Like no sense of urgency. It looked like nothing super creative. Just kind of like it felt like watching Belgium too. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just so for them to make Euro the Euro semifinals last year. Mm-hmm. And then not even get out of a pretty easy group. Like it's not like they were in like the group of death. Like yeah. it's not like they're in I don't know, like group C even like, you know, yeah. with Mexico, Poland and Argentina. That's a really tough group. And yeah. group uh group G H E E, yeah, all those Basically groups. All the other ones except for I mean G is kind of tough. And a, a, a is not tough, and this one was not tough at all. For them yeah. to barely get a point, yeah. that is embarrassing, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Kudos to uh, not Argentina, Australia. They played great. Um, they did. They, they looked like they wanted it more the whole time today. Um, you know, obviously, like, they came out against France and, like, Scored that yeah. first goal, and that was big time. It's kind of set the tone for the tournament, even though, you know, they lost by a lot that day. It's not yeah. like they were miserable to watch. But and I man, think they kind of, like, shook France awake in that game, too. Like yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. And so I don't want to take anything away from that at all because they deserve all the credit in the world. And who knows how they fare against Argentina on uh, Sunday or Saturday, whenever they play. Yeah. But my, oh, my, Denmark, like yeah. – why, like, it wasn't even the fact, like, I can't even nitpick, like, lineup things. Yeah. Like, they just didn't look, like, good at all. I can't remember a stretch of play. I guess maybe the first game. There's, I mean, honestly, I look back at the first game against uh, Tunisia and that header that they missed from a yard out. I think that sums up kind of their tournament yeah just not good enough like if you can't even score a goal from a yard out then you're not good enough at all and again like for a team that excelled last year especially coming off the fact that Erickson literally like had a heart attack in the middle of the first game and they still made the semifinals and pushed England and that's like it wasn't like England rolled over them no like Denmark was in that game they had a real chance to make the final versus Italy Mm-hmm. to then not even get out of this really easy group is so like, I don't know what the, the deal is with their coach. If I'm, if I'm him, I'm like getting ready to pack my bags and, and be ready to get fired because that that's unacceptable. That's like with this good of a team where they have so many of their guys, like well-rooted in, in good leagues. Like they have guys in Barcelona, they have Ericsson's at United. You have guys at Sevilla. You have like a bunch of guys at Brentford. It's not like they're it's just Ericsson and a bunch of scrubs. Like they have well established players. Yeah, for sure. And so I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm so I'm so disappointed. Sorry, what were you gonna say? And uh just like Ann Schmeichel, like Yeah. He's not a joke of a keeper. He, like they had they had a chance. You know, like I this might be an L take, but like I relate him to like a Chesney type tier. 
you know? No, like absolutely. Have, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, like, and I don't know their age, so I don't, I think he's like similar in age to Casper's like 35, 36, I think. Okay, so yeah, he's definitely a little bit older than Chesney. But yeah, I mean, like, they're definitely in that same tier of like, they have the potential, as we've seen from Chesney, which we'll definitely get into later. Like, they have the potential to be a carry for your defense. And um, yeah, they definitely weren't supporting him enough in that today. Um, I I just went back to look at all the previous results for them as well. And I want to bring up something that I'm sure you noticed as well. But in that first game against Tunisia, they ran a 3-5-2. Um, they had Anderson, Kajer, I don't know how you say that name. Uh, and then Christensen in the back with a CH. And then Christensen with a K. Hoijberg, Delaney, Erickson, Mala in the middle. And then Scove, Olsen, and Dolberg up top. And then in their next game uh, that they lost 2-1 to France. And that was a draw. So they got a draw with that 3-5-2. They moved to a 3-4-2-1 against France with Nelson, Christensen, Anderson in the back. Mal, Erickson, Hoidberg, Christensen in the middle, Damsgaard, Lindstrom, and Cornelius up top. So they ran a striker, like a lone striker at the top. Lose 2-1 to France, but they actually get a goal there. Um, and then you come down to this 1-0 loss against Australia, and they, out of nowhere, are running a 4-3-3, which to me is like, I feel like, team, and we kind of talked about this, when I brought up, like, what if the U.S. ran three at the back with wing backs and whatnot? Like, I feel like the dynamic of a team that chooses to run three at the back, like, I feel like the transition between playing a game with three at the back versus playing a 4-3-3 or something a little bit more conventional, like, there needs to be a bigger transition period for formations like that because that kind of alters like so much of your gameplay and so much of your defense and just how you play the game in general. So part of me wonders if that had something to do with that, like lackadaisicalness that we saw today of just like, I don't know, like maybe not, not everybody being quite on the same page. I don't know. I just can't pin it down. And then there's obviously more because like, you know, the finishing was horrible. So that doesn't have to do with anything with the formation, but you know, something to think about. Yeah. Going to a 4-3-3 today, I felt like was super desperate, and that's not, I think, what they wanted to do. And it's yeah. not like their personnel, like, there a lot of their guys are not, like, super crazy pressers. Mm-hmm. Like, Erickson doesn't do that, for example, like, and he's your main guy. Like, he's more of, like, he kind of sits a little bit back, especially in the United system right now, where he's kind of a little bit deeper, but he's kind of mm-hmm. making plays out of that. Yeah. So that that was weird. I mean... Brythwaite came in today, obviously didn't do much at all. Yeah. Um, I I mean, to sum it up well, like, your only goal in the tournament comes from Andreas Christensen, who's a defender. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a big L for, for guys like, like Lindstrom and, and Erickson. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, I thought, I thought Dolberg wasn't good. Um, Cornelius was bad today. Cornelius was really bad and was bad in the France game too. I, I need to stop talking negatively about uh, about Denmark for a second. I want to talk positively about Australia. I mean, 
shout out the legend who Clayton and I've talked about multiple times, the the Pacey Pirlo, as they like to call him on the broadcast today, Aaron Moy. Um, absolute legend. Uh, I thought that lucky goal was great. Um, yes. Really, really, really great. Um, Matt Ryan has been spectacular. Um, their goalkeeper, he used to play. Brian, I don't think he plays in the Prem anymore. He might be just playing back in Australia, but he was fantastic today, I felt like. Um, really impressed by their defense. Um, I'm curious to see what they do if they kind of run the same four four two against Argentina. But yeah, I mean, they deserve all the credit in the world for them to barely make it in because it's not like they qualified normally. They had to beat Peru in a playoff. Yeah, to get there, fantastic, fantastic work by them. So. Obviously, we can crap more on Denmark all we want, but I really want to end this segment with talking good about Australia because I was really impressed. For a lot of you know, a lot of those guys, most of those guys don't play in big leagues. That they all mostly yeah. play in Australia at this point, but they're experienced enough. I feel like to where they can they really excelled um, to get two wins in this yeah. group. That's a big thing. It does not like they scrape by by getting a win or a draw. They got. Two wins, people. Convincing. Um, convincing wins, yeah. So all the credit in the world goes to them for for surprising all of us. And yeah. we'll see if it goes any further than that. I, I have my doubts about that against a world-class team like Argentina and a world-class player. But yeah. they deserve all the all the praise because uh, they've, they've been awesome. So, And they're, they're a fun team. They're a feel-good team. Who doesn't love the nickname Soccer Roos, right? Right. You can't lose with a nickname like Soccer Exactly. Exactly. The other game in that group was France and Tunisia. Start us off with this one. Because I kind of have a little bit of things about how France played that they're not very positive. but Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. I As I was like re-watching key moments from the game, taking notes, like... I had initially, like, just in the beginning while I was writing and watching, I wrote all Tunisia in the first half. And honestly, I think the game was all Tunisia the whole time, really. Like, France got their chances, but Tunisia really dominated this game. And you look at the possession, 66 to France, they didn't do anything with that. They weren't doing anything, like... It was all just kind of like aimless passing, and it didn't really look like there was a lot of organization or tactics, and that definitely is attributed to the lineup. You know, like, they're resting their guys. It's whatever. So, like, I mean, you kind of got it, like, right on the nail last night when you were talking about, like, what this lineup was going to look like for France. Um, I think that was a big part of Tunisia's win, but Tunisia did look really good. Um, France really was, I mean, this game could have been three or four to zero and we could have seen some little like last, last day mischief from Tunisia causing havoc in the group a little bit more. Um, if Australia hadn't gotten the dub, you know, cause if Australia ties, um, if Australia Denmark ended in a tie and Tunisia's goal difference was good enough, then they would have gone through instead of Australia. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was kind of a weird game. Kazri, Kazri's finish was nuts. Like his dribble, the whole sequence was great. 
Um, and that was like yeah. his last touch of the game too. Like he immediately got subbed yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, and whenever France subbed on, like Mbappe and Rabio and all those guys, like they looked frantic trying to get a goal, and they were really like rushing everything. Um, which I don't, I don't know. Like I was watching, I was watching it and I'm just like, why? Like they didn't need to win the game and they didn't need to sub those guys on really, you know? So I guess like, I was just kind of confused as to why there was that like sense of hurry, you know, like they could have literally just used that for just practice, you know? Um, I think a key takeaway from this, those Mbappe is that dude. He looked awesome in the few minutes he came on. Um, and an, again, another really good game from a keeper. The Tunisia keeper played lights out. Some really good saves from him. It's really my main takeaways. Yeah. I thought that the guys that were out there for for France would have done... You know, they would have like had some passion to... like. Right. Make a point to be like, hey, Deschamps, like, yeah, I'm on your bench, but like, I can provide quality. Um, And they really didn't do that. I also was like kind of confused by what they were doing lineup wise. Like, Ganduzi was out like forward a lot, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm surprised that uh, Varane started, to be honest with you. I thought Saliba was going to start. I'm honestly surprised Chiuameni started too. Yeah. Thought, I thought Camavinga was starting. Um, but Camavinga, I guess. No, wait, he. Apparently, they had. ESPN has him listed as a left back, which is. Yeah, weird. that's what. Oh, let me check my World Cup app because I think that that's what they had him during the game as well. Which that that's odd to me. Um, <laughs> no Pavard today. Thought that was odd. Um, yeah. No, uh, no Kunde, yeah. either. No Thurum. I thought Thurum was going to get the start at striker. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple weird things. I don't know. I just felt like the guys who played like did didn't like inspire the confidence to me at least as a fan of like, hey, like yeah. this guy could be a difference maker if he's called upon. Yeah, which further confirms the the thought that I've had secretly in my brain all along that like this France team because of their injuries and because of how their roster is constructed, they're really, really top-heavy, which is natural, of course. But yeah. they just don't have, after looking at the, how they played today, I don't know if they have the same depth as Brazil, yeah. specifically. And yeah. even to some degree, Argentina, because Argentina's guys that come off the bench have been able to you know, provide key moments. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I get it. I get why they had to do all this. Because like, it's not like they were in a do-or-die. They were already in. It's just like... Yeah. Are we? They banked on Australia not scoring five goals, which duh, they weren't going to do that. So yeah. kudos to them for realizing that. But I don't know. I I wish I, w- I could have seen a little bit more um, from the guys who played, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, they're going to play, I believe. I can't remember who they play next. They're going to play Poland, um, which, as I said on Twitter earlier today, I hope they smack the crap out of them. Dude, I that was like before we get to the Poland business. Like, I genuinely think Poland is not a good team. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll get to that here yeah, in a sec. Yeah. But 
Yeah, no, th- all credit to Tunisia. I thought that for them knowing that they were really in a slim spot mm-hmm. to uh, to even advance, they really went for it. Like, they were not afraid today. Um, yep. So I, I really commend them for how they played. Like you said, Kazri's finish was fantastic. Um, their goalie, like you said. Um, Kazri's also from France. Like, he was born in France. I don't know if you knew right. that or not, So which is super interesting that he got that goal. Revenge um, game. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought their midfield was great. I thought they were making the most of their possession, which, mm-hmm. you know, the counter to France's possession, like they didn't do much with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a bittersweet ending for them um, f- to end this tournament in this way. But I think they have some stuff to build on for the future, and, and we'll see yeah. what... I don't know any too much about their roster this roster is really unfamiliar to me um but i'm looking at a lot of them they're, a lot of them are in their prime right now um so maybe they they're gonna have a completely different uh squad if they qualify in 26 but you know they, i don't think they have anything to be ashamed of with how they performed um for them that was a really tough group and to get four points is not a bad not a bad thing for them at all um, to get the win over France specifically, you know, that's despite being eliminated, it's not a bad place to be. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was, 100%. that was pretty well. Okay. Argentina, Argentina and Poland. Okay. So it went about how I expected it. Um, yeah, I thought Argentina played fantastic. I'm shocked that they only had only two goals. Like yes, they could have had like eight. Yeah. Um, the messy yeah. penalty, which really, it wasn't really a penalty, but also yeah. Chesney was fantastic to save that. Chesney's literally the only good player for Poland. Like yeah. there is no other reason. This is a mini rant. There is no other reason why Poland is in the round of 16 other than Chesney. Yeah. The rest of their team, like, they don't want the ball. And it's like, how would you not want the ball? You have the best striker in the whole world, probably, besides Kareem Benzema, on your team. Get the ball so you can get him the ball. And it's like, there's no, like, their defense has obviously been fantastic. But, oh, my gosh, their midfield is atrocious. Holy moly. And there's nothing inspiring about their play. Yep. N- not a shot on goal today. Against the Argentina defense was their back line. I don't think that's their best back line. I don't think Otamendi Romero is the starting center back pairing that is their best. I think it's Lisandro Martinez and Christian Romero. So that's bad, man. I mean, they really were banking on, you know, not getting, like, blown out and hoping that the other game went their way. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I They make me mad. They really do. I was not impressed by their play at all again. Yeah. Argentina played fantastic. That's the best game that they played um, all all tournament. I love the move to have uh, Julian Alvarez up top with Messi and Di Maria. Yes. I thought that was a great decision. And obviously it paid off. He got his goal. I thought McAllister, bes- besides the goal, I thought he was fantastic. I really was impressed by him. I thought Acuna played a much better game today. I thought Paul played a much better game today than he did the other night against Mexico. Um, in the first half specifically, Messi did his thing, you know, like he was 
doing messy things, but not the best game from him. Yeah. I felt like um, a fine Di Maria game. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff from them. Um, they're, that they're going to be able to carry over into the next round. I mean, they have 73% possession. Like, Emmy didn't even get, like, he didn't have to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. They fouled more, but they had nine corner kicks. They had 12 shots on goal. Like, just pure domination. Kudos to them for for really turning it around. Because, obviously, like, to start off with a loss against Saudi Arabia, a shock loss is, ugh. And so, for them to turn it around with two straight wins is a big testament to their character. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, that's exactly my initial thoughts from this game, too. Argentina looked back, and they look very, very deadly. Um, I still think that they, obviously, they agree for sure because they need to tighten up their finishing. Like, I love the chances that they got, like 23 shots, um, and 12 of them being on target is fantastic. That's a 50% a little more than a 50% on target rate from what you're getting of your chances. Um, yeah, man, like just in my like watching of this game, like there was so many places that I took note of where like the only comment is just like, you got to finish that. Like Alvarez could have had a goal in the 36th minute. He could have had another one in the 73rd. Um, so he, he could have had a hat trick for sure. Messi um, had a wide open one. That he missed, like, second half. Yeah, was that the one where he, like, fired it, like, low, straight at Chesney, basically? Yeah, like, hit Chesney's legs. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I think that was 71st minute. Like, it was a great save because Chesney had to, like, I believe it was, like, a someone was kind of, like, making a one-on-one dribble. I think it was Alvarez, maybe. He's making a one-on-one dribble towards Chesney from the side of the box, and then he crosses it over to the center of the box. So Chesney's got to account for that. He's got to run to the center, and then Messi fired it back the way he was running from. But he just fired it low, and I was really expecting him to shoot it high there. Um, so, like, still a great save from Chesney, um, but you really expect Messi to finish something like that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the amount of chances that Messi had, I feel like that four-three-three really kind of opened things up for him to, like, be the one taking the chances more so, and he was still having his time uh, creating shots and whatnot, which was really nice. Um, the penalty call, I don't know. I, it's a tough call and I would have, I would have been okay with it going either way. Honestly, like I was okay that they called it a penalty because like Chesney didn't get the ball and he did hit Messi's face. Um, I, it wasn't intentional and it wasn't hard, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of the red card on the Welsh goalkeeper against... Oh, yeah, on Wayne Hennessy. Yes, but the key difference is obviously being that Chesney didn't, like, knee the guy, knee Messi in the face or anything. And it was in his own box. And I think that that's why I would have been okay with them not calling it. Because, like, anything in the box, you kind of just have to yield to the keeper, even if they don't get a hand on the ball. So, like... I was definitely fine with them calling the penalty just because there was contact and Chesney didn't win the ball, but I don't think it really should have been a penalty. Um, but ball don't lie, and so Chesney getting it, you know, it is what it is. I think for Argentina's sake, that's a really, really important win, obviously mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of the group. But one thing that I've been 
so like keen on with them and why I think they're a favorite is that this supporting cast that Messi has is one of his best ones ever, right? And so for them to win a game where they dominated and he wasn't at his best and the goals were not coming from him, I think that speaks volumes to the quality of guys that are there and the team spirit that's there. Um, Because in 2014, they had obviously a nice team too, but a little bit more reliant on Messi. Um, And I feel like sometimes that they kind of get two in their heads or they got two in their heads. Um, whereas this team, there's a little bit less of that. Um, their defense has been really, really nice. Um, that's a big reason why they've never really had a great defense, um, until recently. And like their back line, I think is really, really solid. Um, Emmy Martinez is one of the best goalkeepers they've had in a long time. As I just mentioned, their center backs, I think they're, are really great. Their wing backs, you know, are, are, are probably their weak point back there, but they're not uh, anything to, like, brush over. Um, their midfield, you know, has been up and down. Um, and they have a nice wealth of forwards um, with with Alvarez, um, with Di Maria. You haven't even played Paulo de Baila yet, so, like, if you need to use him later on in, in the knockout round, like, that, what a nice luxury to have, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so I think that that's something that they can really bank on, um, for, you know, the next, next few games or maybe more, um, however long they have left. Um, yeah. and Lataro Martinez too, include him in that. Um, Who also should have had a goal today? Say what? Who also should have had a goal today? Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's going to. That's going to be a big deal. That's going to make or break how far they go. Because um, yeah. obviously, as much as Messi can do a lot of things by himself, like he can't do everything by himself. So yeah. um, I think they're, I mean, spoiler alert prediction, I think they're going to handle Australia pretty easily. Um, Poland. Or Poland's. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. They're playing yeah. Australia. Yeah, they're playing yeah. Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Sorry. And for the sake of just vibes and fun scenarios it would be cool to see argentina win and then in the case that the u.s wins we would get an argentina usa quarterfinal no way yes way so bro that just made me so upset (laughs) (laughs) are you you kidding me i'm not kidding you that's how it works out i thought it was gonna be france but it's not bro that's even worse i would rather have france honestly Uh, uh, there's no, I, ah, no, I don't want to get into it. I don't yeah, want yeah. to no. beat the Netherlands first on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Before we start thinking crazy hypotheticals. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Okay. All right. Oh, oh, oh one more thing. One yes, more thing. please, please, please um, stall. I don't want to get to my rant, but yeah. 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 <laughs> In the 92nd minute, I don't know who the player was. I want to say that it was, Who, whoever got subbed on for Alvarez, um, whoever that was. Was it Lautaro? Martinez? Maybe, yeah, I think it might have been. There should have been a penalty in the 92nd minute for Argentina, in my opinion. Um, it was a one-on-one. Oh, no, it was not a one-on-one. It was like a one-on-three. Um, and let's say it was Martinez. He was running up, and he... 
Chesney came out to attack him, and he chipped the ball over Chesney. And so Chesney didn't make contact with the ball, and he took out Martinez from the legs, um, which if he had gotten the ball, you give that call to the goalkeeper all the time. But he didn't even touch the ball, and then there was a goal line clearance of the ball. So I was shocked to not even see a whistle or any or any like protest from the players because I thought it was a clear pen. And I even like when when I was watching it, I was like very surprised. Okay, um, I honestly don't remember that play. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, for obvious reasons, I was more tuned in on yeah, what was yeah, happening on the other screen. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to see what I'm talking about, just pull up the highlight video. It's like the second to last thing that happens. Okay, okay, ninety second minute. But yeah, I was very shocked. Anyways. Okay. Okay. On with your rant. Let it. Well, out. you. Oh, well, yeah, you're no. going first. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll hold on. Let me. Let me set the stage. Okay, listener. We've reached that point. We're. I do not want to do this, but get ready for it to get very loud. Because <laughs> it is time to talk about Mexico versus Saudi Arabia. I want Dawson to go first before I just go, because I'm going to go for a long time. So. Hey, and you deserve it, man. You got to take your time when you get there. Um, I liked what I saw from Mexico. I did. I thought that they understood what the moment required of them, which like what I mentioned last, last time of like, you've got to go for as many goals as possible in this game because the only thing that sees you through, and since the games are happening at the same time, the only thing that sees you through is like a four or five nil win. Because you got to assume that Argentina only wins 1-0, right? You can't be like, oh, we'll just score two and hope that they score three um, or score one and hope that, that Argentina scores four. You know, So I loved what I saw from them. I loved the starting lineup. Uh, I thought that it played, played into what they wanted to accomplish very well. And, you know, the stats show that. Um, 26 shots, 11 on target, a very similar stat line to Argentina of like 23 shots and 12 being on target. Um, yeah, I thought that there was a lot of key chances in the beginning. Vega should have had a goal in like the third minute. Um, it was a bad finish. Um, it was one-on-one with the keeper. The keeper's coming out to charge him. He very clearly could have just like cut it to the side of the keeper because the keeper already committed, and he was basically already sliding before he even took the shot. Um, so yeah, that was a big missed opportunity and Vega just looked flustered in the box. I don't know if that's like his play, um, or if the box is like, let me see, cause they had him, no, they didn't have him. They had him like left wing, but yeah, he just looked a little flustered in the box. Like whenever there was people press, pressing him in the box, he didn't really know where to go. Um, so that was a little bit, um, disappointing to see, um, Lozano looked fantastic all game. It, did you have a comment to that? Okay. Um, Lozano looked fantastic all game. He was creating, taking shots. I loved it. He's, he's so good. He's so good. Um, yeah. So in the second half too, right in the, right at the start, Chavez had a big long shot. I don't know if you remember that, but I liked the effort from that, but it was still zero zero at the time. And I really thought that it was just kind of a careless shot. Like it almost went in and the keeper was very tested on that, but you just got to be a little bit more 
conservative with your chances when you're trying to get as many goals as possible. Like you got to wait till an absolute certainty of a chance. Um, but then, you know, a few seconds later, they had that corner, very good heads up play from Martin, Martin. Um, and yeah, it was great. And then the free kick three minutes later, fantastic. Um, a couple brutal offsides for Mexico, which was tough to watch. Um, yeah, and then the goal for Saudi Arabia at the very end. Um, it's a, it's obviously a disheartening goal <clears throat> because you take the moment of things into consideration. Like, you don't know the score of the Argentina game. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Now you only have a one-goal one gain from the game in, towards your GD. But in in hindsight, I really am okay with this goal because, like I said, like, a draw or a loss doesn't help you at all. And I kind of have the same feeling about like any goals scored against Mexico in this game. Um, Obviously it was at the end of the game, so they couldn't really counter going forward, but the goal really happened attributed to Mexico's positioning being so attacking, which I have absolutely no problem with that because I believe there was just like four, maybe five guys back defending when Aldasari broke through um yeah and you compare that to the Argentina game when they had like eight nine guys in the box yeah I'm really okay with that goal obviously in the moment it was crushing but yeah I thought you guys played fantastic today and it was it's it's a heartbreaking way to end the tournament and I was really upset today just because like as I was watching both of these games like watching it happen and it's getting so close Argentina's up 2-0 you guys are up 2-0 it's looking like it's in the cards and then Argentina stops scoring and then the late goal kind of solidifies it. Yeah. It's a heartbreaking way for you guys to go out. My condolences to L3. Um, but at least Tata is gone. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I appreciate the condolences on behalf of the Mexican people. We appreciate it. Let me start with, uh, giving my respects to Saudi Arabia yeah. for two things. I thought their goalie, Alweiss, unbelievable today. He's been yeah. unbelievable all tournament. So sure. that's not like a one-off thing. Like He was fantastic in the Argentina game, as we know. Obviously not as great in the Poland game. But he had a couple just bonkers saves, and he made every single right decision as far as like coming out early and like getting rid of the ball coming out of his box just really really their only like key defensive guy because the rest of their defense was not good today at all um so big shouts to him i was i i I mean i gotta tip my cap like he's a big reason why it's not worse than two one like it easily could have been three four or five um a couple ridiculous saves off free kicks Nice little, like, use of his body. Just, you know, just really, really impressive stuff from him. Um, And I thought the goal, which I want to talk about the other side of it from the Mexico perspective, but I thought the goal was a nice goal. It was a nice little play. And kudos to them for making um, good advantage of their opportunity. On the other side of that, I will say that they, they look like they didn't care, which is, like, surprising from their perspective because they all they like did they forget that they had a chance to go through like 
if they won, I think they went through. Yeah, like they would have gotten in over Poland. So if it was two 0 no, like if they just if they would no if Saudi Arabia just won oh, in general Saudi Arabia yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 like they would have six points right and Argentina would have had six points yeah so like yeah. like why wouldn't you try to win the game it's like they were like they resigned to that yeah. I don't know why like that was just weird um so yeah super weird but okay here we go here for real um. I thought the lineup was fantastic today. Um, all around. Right decisions all around. Bringing back Jorge Sanchez in as your right back. Great call. I thought Pineda was unbelievable today. And the flip side of that is that he got subbed off and everything fell apart when he got subbed off. Yeah. Which, who are we blaming that on? Tata. Which we'll talk about that then in full in a sec. But I thought he was great. I thought, obviously, Chavez, fantastic man of the match. That free kick is stupid. Like, and he almost had another like two. Um, yeah. Like he almost had a hat trick off free kicks. Um, he he's in the Mexican league right now. He just won the title with Pachuca, but he's not going to be there much longer. He's going to go to Europe soon, and I just pray to God that he stays in Europe. <laughs> like, do yeah. not come back to Mexico when you go to Europe. Like, stay there. You have to be in there during the next cycle of the World Cup. Be ready for twenty six. Like, do not come back and play in the Mexican league. I don't care. Like just, you have to go there. You're too good. He's too yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I thought Martin played really great today. Obviously Lozano was great. Um, Gallardo, I thought was really awesome. Um, at a left back Edson Alvarez, who should have been starting, who should have played every minute of this run played today and was fantastic. Duh. Like I could have told you that. Like, why didn't he play in the second game? I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I thought the one dud was the back line, was the center backs, and that's only because that goal should not happen in the respect of, obviously, to your point, like, we're attacking, we're sending numbers forward. But also, that's, like, the one chance that they had to do anything. Like, Yeah, yeah definitely. The one chance that they had to stop, and they didn't stop it. Yeah. So, I can't remember who it was that got dusted for it, but... I'm just going to blame both of them for it because it was not good. Not good from them at all. And to your point about Vega, I th- this is Vega's worst game, which is disappointing. Um, I think that's why he got subbed off at halftime. Like, he only played the first 45 and got subbed off for Antuna later on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, disappointing because I thought he played well. I thought um, I thought Antuna was great. I thought Kevin Alvarez, in the very little minutes he had, was great. Again, I don't know why Raul Jimenez was on this team. Looking back on it now, like he did not provide anything in the minutes that he played. Um, I thought Funes Mori provided more havoc than he, than he did, and Funes Mori played less minutes. So maybe Funes Mori should have played more in the first game. I thought Carlos Rodriguez was terrible. Um, that's a bad sub. That's 1,000% a bad sub to bring him on for Pineda after the, the play that Pineda had today. The game that he had was spectacular. And Rodriguez was just not ready for the moment. Just straight up. Um, So bad subs. Bad, bad, bad subs. Um, A couple of them, anyway. Um, Not all. Um, What I don't understand, what I don't understand is where was this in the first game? Where was this against Poland? Exactly. Where was this against Argentina? Like, sure, if you want to park the bus, sure. Yeah. But I feel like you have to, like... In a World Cup, 
it's not like it's the Premier League or League MX for most of our players. Like, you have to go for it. Like, you only yeah. get three games if you don't do anything about it. Like, you only get three games. Like, make stuff happen. Like, you can't park the bus, you know? Like, looking back on it now, it's like, the effort that was shown today from the get-go was unbelievable. Where was that in the Poland game? Why was Hector Herrera ever starting the Poland game or the Argentina game when he could have been brought off the bench had we needed it, and you could have started Pineda based on what you saw from Pineda today? And he didn't even play today. Exactly. Which and, is, you know, you know, had a great result. Yeah, no duh. Like, gosh. I'm telling you, ever since he moved to Houston, he's been a disaster. I hope he never plays for the national team ever again. I'm dead serious. Um, again, I thought the goal was super bad. Like, that's that's horrible, horrible goal to give up. That late in the game. Yeah. You know they're going to have that chance if you let them have it. Just mm-hmm. defend well. And they yeah. did. Um, yeah, the finishing could have been better, but I mean... The fact that we even got so many chances, exactly. I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah. Um, it's just personnel, and I I just don't understand why Tata thought that, hey, we should try to go for it now when he could have had the team like this from the get-go, and maybe we draw out a result against Poland, like a win, and maybe we don't get just obliterated in possession by Argentina. And it like right. it's a miserable miserable game for Lozano and, and Vega. They had no help in the Argentina game. None at all. Um, uh, in the big picture, though, this is what I really wanted to get at. Specifically with Tata, which, if you didn't know, he like he's done. Like he Conflicting reports, he's not the coach anymore. Uh, he said that the contract expired after the World Cup. Some people are saying he got fired. Um, which, I mean, if he had more of a contract, like if I was in charge of the, the Mexican team, I would have fired him immediately. Because um, if you're the coach who stops the streak of us going to the knockout round, if you're the coach, that's the reason why we're not going to the knockout round for the first time in over 40 years. Like, you should get fired. Like, that's unacceptable. That's not the Mexican way to do it. Like, we are a football crazy nation. Yeah. We have to go far or try to go far. Yeah. Um not making it out of the group is unacceptable, um, yeah. regardless of how crappy this roster was, uh, which it was a pretty crappy roster. And looking back on it now, again, I'm going to keep saying it, Santi Jimenez and Diego Linus should have been on this roster. Again, can't do anything about it now. It's over. It's done with. But they, those two, I guarantee you would have provided a lot more because they are quality, talented players, and we needed quality and talent. And yet we have freaking bums in the Mexican League on this roster who didn't do crap when they came in. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm glad Tata's gone. He needed to be gone. Um, I don't know who the right guy is next. I hope it's not Piojo Herrera. I know he's a free agent now that he got fired by my club team. Good Lord. Um, please, please just hire Tuchel or somebody. Like, please, just somebody that has, like, or Bielsa. Bielsa would be great, honestly. Like, go hire my son Bielsa and let him run the show for four years, please, and thank you. Anyway, in the grand scheme of things, this has been a disastrous two years for the Mexican national team on all levels. Not getting out of the group stage, 
Let me pull up the tweet so I can list off all the failures of this team over the last two and a half years. Did not qualify for the Olympics in 24, which is terrible considering we won gold like two or three Olympics ago, or four, I guess. It was the London Games. Uh, did not qualify for the Under-20 World Cup. Lost the Gold Cup uh, last year. Lost Nations League final. And have gotten obliterated by the U.S. because of that. Which, like, for us Mexican fans, like, we do not accept losing to the United States. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing that we do, you know? Like, we yeah. we have always been better than the U.S. I know I've been, like, very, like, complimentary to the U.S., no, uh, yeah. last, but that's just like that's the Mexican yeah. fan it's like we just are better we have always been the best CONCACAF side um, so there's a lot of things a lot a lot of things that have to get fixed from the top down with this federation between now and four years because to have this failure happen is unacceptable and it has to be fixed before we host in four years, because this can't happen. This cannot happen in 2026. If we can't get out of the group in 2026, that puts us at the level of Qatar this year. That puts us at the level of South Africa in 2010. And especially in the fact where it's going to be, I mean, we're already in. I mean, they haven't confirmed that all the host nations are in, but they're going to be in. In theory, it should be an easier way to get in because you're only playing two teams or two games. You know, they're two high-stressful games. I don't know. It could be easier. It could be harder. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is there's a whole list of things that need to get done. A lot of personnel needs to get changed. And not even just from, like, a structural, structural organizational perspective. A lot of the players need to figure some stuff out, too. We've got to stop, and this is the thing that my mom and I talk about all the time. Mexican players have got to stop being so selfish and caring too much about the money. Um, that's what a lot of them do. Because um, less and less guys are in Europe right now. Like, the only guys from this team, of this roster that are on European teams that I can think of off the top of my head, and I'm going to confirm with the roster. Memo Ochoa is not there. Cesar Montes is not there. Hector Moreno's ancient and he's not there. Uh, Jesus Gallardo is not there. So you have three of your four defenders who played in the back four today, plus your goalie, not in Europe. They're all Mexican league. Three of those four are Rayados. The only guy on the back line who's a European player is Jorge Sanchez. He plays for Ajax. He's starting right back, and which is great. Mexican players just need to go play in Holland. That's the best thing for them. They get more technically sound. I, I talked about this with my uncle the other day, which, by the way, my uncle's a genius. He is an absolute genius of a human being. No, straight up. Like, he's, he's a reporter. He's a writer. He's a journalist. He is so stinking smart. So shout out to you, Theo. I love you so much. Um, he lives in Toronto, which that's a whole story. Um, but him and I were talking about it the other day. Like, that's a great funnel for the Mexican team to go, like Mexican players. Go play in, your, go play in IAC. Go play in PSV, Feyenoord. You know, like you name it. Like Edson Alvarez is an IX, Jorge Sanchez an IX, uh, Santi Jimenez who's not on this team in Feyenoord. Lozano played at uh, PSV before he got to Napoli. There's another guy who uh, Gutierrez played at PSV before he got to Napoli, or or uh, he, no, he hasn't switched out of PSV. He may have gone back. I don't know where he's at. To be honest with you, um, Luis Chavez, get out of Pachuca and go play in Europe. 
Um, Edson Alvarez, like I said, is there. Uh, Beneda plays for uh, he plays for Athens, um, which that's a good spot for him. Um, Raúl Jiménez obviously plays for Wolves, but he's not the same player. I think that's our only striker who has like European like experience. Because Antuna plays in the Mexican League. Funes Mori is ancient, plays in the Mexican League. He shouldn't even be on the next World Cup roster because he's going to be too old. Eddie Martin also currently plays in the Mexican League. Um, Lozano obviously plays for Napoli. And then a lot of the bench guys like Araujo just switched back from Europe. He's just like Herrera. Uh, like, why are, you, why are you coming back to Mexico? You were literally playing in Spain. I'm pretty sure he was playing there. Uh... Rodolfo Cota like, and Talavera are two goalies. We need goalies really bad because everybody in our goalie room this year was ancient as heck. Like Our backup to Memo was Alfredo Talavera, and he's 42. Like Memo might be the backup in 26, which is like great, I guess, but like he's going to be 40, I'm pretty sure, by the time that happens. So we need new goalies really bad. We need strikers really bad because um, obviously our strikers didn't cut it. And they're not of high quality. And maybe looking back on it now, maybe Chicharito should have been on this team. Maybe Carlos Vela should have been on this team. Um, Because at least they could have provided quality. Good Lord. Um, Eric Gutierrez still plays for PSV, like I thought. But he had an abysmal showing in the one bit that he played. So not great. Johan Vasquez did not play a minute in this tournament. And... I'm trying to see. I'm trying to understand this team that he plays. He plays in Italy, but he. I don't think he plays a lot. Um, more guys just need to go to Europe. Go play yep. in Italy. Go play in Holland. Go play in Portugal. Portugal's not a bad place to develop either. Like if you go find yourself in Porto or in Benfica, for example, or Lisbon, that's great places to be. We got to stop with this, like, oh, we're going to play for two years and then we're going to get overwhelmed. Now we're going to go back to MLS or Liga MX. Stop with that crap. Stop, players. So there has to be effort from both sides, from the people who run the federation to the players and whoever the new coach is. A lot of things need to get cleaned up because this is just this is just part of the, the bigger picture. Um, this failure at the World Cup. Um, it just further uh, amplifies all the problems that we have currently from men's side and the women's side. The women's team is not good at all, which is not great, uh, considering we have a nice uh, women's pro league, but the women's national team is like like really bad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, compared to the U.S., the U.S. Sure. women's national team is incredible. But they're the the Mexico national team is not good at all, which is not great for the country. So, yeah, there is a lot, a lot that needs to get fixed, and I hope it gets fixed soon. Because, like I said, this cannot happen in four years. Like the goal in four years has to be make the quarterfinal, make the semifinal. You're on home soil; you have no excuse. Um, yeah. Okay, I think I'm done. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man like while you were just talking i just googled like um i was googling specifically like mexican goalkeepers that play in europe and i just found a link that has the list of all mexican players that are abroad right now 
And I'm sure you know the answer to this, but do you know how many Mexican players play in England? Oh, in England? Specifically, yes. Currently, uh, there's like a young guy who's in the Arsenal system, but he's not on the first team. Okay, yeah, he's not even popping up here. Is it zero? It's one. And it, I, I, I don't know, I can't click on the, the person's name, but it's, I assume that it's Raul. But yeah, it's Raul. Is, yeah, it's Raul. Yeah, yeah he's the only it, one. That's it. And uh, there's a there's a good good amount of guys in Spain. Only three in La Liga, though. The rest. Are yeah, in, it's Guardado. Yeah. It used to be Herrera before he dipped because uh, uh-huh. he played for Atletico. Um, Guardado uh, and Corona. Yes, Tecatito. Gosh, big miss. Ah, uh, why did he get hurt right before? Ah, uh, he would have been so nice to have on this team. Honestly, what would have been nice would have been him and Lozano on the wings because Vega's better as a cam more so than he is a left winger. Yeah. So that would have been nice. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. can't rue that. But yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, man, it's tough. What's the other? Who's the other guy? Um, uh, forgive my pronunciation. It's A G U I R R E, Ahir. A G U I. Oh, uh, Aguirre, I think is his name. His first initial is J. Uh, why am I blanking on, on this guy's name? Why am I, why am I blanking on his name? Like I should not be uh, like. Oh wait, this might be the all-time list. Yeah, if you're talking about. It might be, yeah. It's an all-time list, yeah. Oh, okay. Javier Aguirre plays, like, he's, like, ancient. He's, like, the coach of Mallorca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, he's, like, 65 or whatever, for how old he is. He played it one time in Spain. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we do not have any more prime players besides Raul. We used to have Chicha and Vela never played, but... uh, those guys all played in Spain. Most of our guys have always played in Spain. Um, yeah. Between, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, obviously, Guardado and Herrera. Vela played in Spain for a while. Um, gosh, why am I blanking on our best center back of all time? Gosh, I have mushy brain at this point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, most of our guys don't play in. Rafa Marquez, duh. Um, gosh, what an idiot I am. Anyway, um, yeah, we don't have a lot of guys in Europe right now, and that yeah. needs to change. Like most of our twenty, if it's twenty three or twenty six in twenty twenty six roster, needs to be European based guys. Yeah, um, I like a lot of the guys that we had this year, like Edson Alvarez. Please stay, Lozano. Um, Vega, obviously, I think Vega's got to go, obviously, to Europe as well. He's got to get out of Chivas. Um, Jorge Sanchez, uh, Kevin Alvarez, please have something minutes on the team in four years, please and thank you. Anyway, um, yeah, a lot, lot needs to happen, man. And uh, yeah. I hope that they see that because, again, this is the first time we haven't made the knockouts in 40 years, over 40 years. Yeah. It's unacceptable. It just it is. It straight up is, regardless of how trash the roster was. So Yeah. 
And I think, like, just one last point to tee off the players in Europe situation. Like, you look at the U.S. and the trend that we've seen from our guys. Like, I don't know the history of our rosters. um, And I don't know how it stacks up to 2018 because I was just too disappointed to even care at that point. Oh, it's better than 2018. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, in terms of players that were in Europe, you know, like, we've got... Oh, yes. Like, most of the guys in 2018... On the U.S., most of them were playing in MLS, if I remember correctly. Like, it was like the last bit of of Landon Don, not Landon Don, Michael Bradley Bradley and Josie and those guys. You keep talking, but I'm going to try to pull out the qualifying roster. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's definitely the trend that we've seen from this U.S. organization, which is, I attribute the entirety of its success to that. Like, I mean, like, we... We've sung Tyler Adams' praises. Like, he's developed in Europe. Christian Pulisic has developed in Europe. Giovanni Reina has developed in Europe. Like, that's just how it is. Like, the, like while soccer is growing in, in the U.S., like, our talent at coaching positions is not. Like, that's going to come from these guys who are currently playing, sticking around in the U.S. and, and coaching if they ever choose to do that or, like, working for the organization. Yeah. Side. Okay, I'm just going to start naming names. This is from an ESPN article um, when they said, this is who would have started this year's World Cup. If we had one. Yeah. Um, Tim Howard would have been your starting goalkeeper, which yes, I believe sir. I believe he was in Colorado that year. Yeah, or he, right, or, yeah he might have still been at Everton. I'm, no, I don't think so. No. Uh, they predicted the back line would have been uh, Geoff Cameron and John Brooks, which John Brooks plays in Europe, so that's fine. John Brooks is cold. Geoff Cameron was also playing in Europe, too, so that's not right. a terrible back line. DeAndre okay. Yedlin, who was, I believe, still at Newcastle at the time, so that's not a bad thing. And then Jorge Biafania, which is interesting, because I don't think he was playing in Europe. He might have been. I'm not sure. But the midfield and the forwards is where it gets dicey because the midfield would have been Michael Bradley, Darlington Nadby, and Bro. Paul Ariola with Pulisic. And then your forwards are Bobby Wood, who I believe was playing in Germany at the time, and Whoa. Josie. Bobby Wood, bro. Dude, super sub in the uh, in the Belgium game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or in one of the games. I believe it was the Belgium game. I believe he tied it. If we if we lost two one, I can't remember. It's fuzzy. And then they listed the substitutes as Tim Ream, Kellen Acosta, okay. Young Weston McKinney, okay. Alejandro Bedoya, Clint Dempsey, Jossie Zardes, Don Dwyer, who all of these guys, most of them are MLS guys. Don Dwyer, Brad Guzan, Matt Biazga, Fabian Johnson. Dude, like that would not have been. A, that's not a good team. Like that. No. This team is. This team is, is probably a little bit... It's not way better now that I'm thinking about it because, again, it's a top-heavy roster. But the starters are, like, by, like, miles and miles way better than this team. like Or oh, than the 2018 team, could be team or whatever. Sure. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, that back line alone. Like, give yeah. me the current back line all day over that back. Like, give me the current midfield all day over that current midfield. <laughs> At least, like, the, the guys up top wouldn't... Josie, at least they scored. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> admittedly. So, anyway, and I just the amount of contempt that I have 
I'm sorry if you're listening, but the amount of contempt that I have from Michael Bradley is just <laughs> un unreal, man. Like that man played for far too long in the U.S. jersey, and I'm so glad that he is no longer playing. Huh. Well, Good and deal. also he needs to just stop playing in general because he had it. He's spirit. still playing. Yes, he's still. Dude, his dad is the head coach at uh, Toronto. Bob, because Bob was, uh, he got fired by LAFC, and so he uh, switched over to Toronto to be with Michael. And he's, Michael he's was awful 35. this year. Yeah. Dude, I could have sworn he's like 39 or 40. Nah, bro. Man, he's so bad. Yeah. He's so bad. Dude, yeah. talk about a fall-off. The fall-off of Matt Miazga. You woof. He was like, he was like gonna be like our dude, you know? Yeah. And then I just like, I don't even know what did he get injured? I have no idea. Did he just start sucking one day? Like, what happened? I don't remember specifically, but yeah, it has not been the best of journeys for the man uh, over the last few years. Man, he was like everybody thought he was going to be the next best. Next big thing, like from the center back position. Yeah. He apparently was on a loan spell at Chelsea. Yeah, but never played. Yeah, and then he... Yeah, two appearances. Wait, hold on, let me read this right. Chelsea forgotten man, Matt Miazga, leaves on FC Cincinnati transfer after just two appearances in six years. Six years. Yeah. He joined in 2016, but just made two appearances for the Blues. They both came in the season he joined, 2015 to 2016. Quickly fell out of favor and was loaned out multiple times. Now he plays at FC Cincinnati. Where he actually hasn't been a disaster there. Really? Big reason why they made the playoffs this year. Yeah, he was not bad at all. Nice. Well, that's unfortunate for him, man. Chelsea just doesn't... Chelsea... Okay, listeners won't get the context of this, but that TikTok that I sent you... With that really bad take about how ch- how uh, <laughs> that so TikTok bad. was so dumb because it was basically just like like the premise that he was saying was like U.S. players playing for Premier League teams shouldn't do that because they're just a marketing move. But it's like they're still on the club getting training and like being surrounded by talent. So that's just such a dumb take. And but, the nice part about now is that most of the guys that are in the prem that are u.s players like Polisic is obviously the most like in flux like adams plays every week for Leeds. yeah aronson plays almost every week for Leeds. ream and robinson start every week for fulham yeah like no it's not just the market like they're getting like real experience here dude i mean that guy should get send him to the moon bro just a terrible the gulag. Take. You know, the gulag. In the case of Matt Miazga, though, I guess he, you could say he had a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's up. fine. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But those are, you know, that's not every situation, of course. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Should we talk about tomorrow and how fun we think it's going to be, like yeah, we were discussing yeah. before we got on the air? Let's get to it. You tell me which game you want to talk first. Um... Or I guess what group? I guess we should do groups, huh? Like, 
Yeah, yeah. So we've got E and F. I think I want to talk Group F first. Okay, okay. Um, and I think, let's see, we've got Canada against Morocco and Croatia against Belgium. Honestly, I think I'm – let's talk about Canada and Morocco first because obviously Canada is no longer in contention. So right. we can sort of briefly uh, have some pregame thoughts about that. Um, I guess I'll, I'll kind of go first. I mean it's a must win for Morocco really because – well, actually not really. If you, They can't bank on Croatia to win. but So they got to go at it as a must win from that perspective. But yeah, I mean um, – I think that Morocco can handle this Canada side. You know, who knows how well how well they're going to come out trying to get a win. Um, I think that they will just because, you know, they just came off the game where they scored their first ever World Cup goal. So I think that they're, they're going to do it for the fans, go out there, try to get a result. So I think Morocco's going to have a, have their work cut out for them, but we've seen them prove themselves to be a, a side that you can't really underestimate. They haven't lost yet, so... I think it's going to be a good game, but I think that Morocco should come out on top. Yeah. With how Morocco played against Belgium and with Canada not having anything to play for other than just pride. Yeah. I feel like Morocco should win this rather easily, especially with how porous Canada's backline was Mm -hmm. um, in their last game against Croatia. Um, obviously they don't have the same, I guess, talent or depth that Croatia has Morocco, but this should be a game where Ziyech feasts, um, unless Davies matches up on him, which that's a whole different story if, if that's the case. Um, but I expect a big game from him and I can't, do they, if they win, do they go through Morocco? Is that what happens? Um, yeah, because they will be on seven points if they win. Right, because they have four, yeah. yeah. So th- they would probably win the group, right? Depending on depending on the goals, because the Croatia's in first with a goal difference of plus three, and they're on four points. Morocco's oh, got right. a goal of plus two, and they're on four points. Okay, okay. Um, Belgium at three points with minus one. Canada at four okay. with zero minus four. Okay. Yeah, I think Morocco wins. Yeah. Rather easily. Yeah. But then again, I could be wrong, so. Yeah, the other game, Croatia Belgium. I don't have much to say on this other than the vibes of, for Belgium are so bad right now. I Dude, think Croatia seen, should steamroll. Have you seen everything being said about like? Dude, the it is arms? nuts. Also, did you see the the Kevin De Bruyne stat from the other day that he lost the ball like twenty seven times? No, I didn't. Against man. Morocco, like the second most that somebody's lost the ball in a World Cup game in like a long time or something like wow. that. For him being the best midfielder of the world, that is not good. No. No, no, no. But, I mean, that's, again, rooting in the problem that we've talked about with Belgium so much. Like, they can't – he's not the guy to – like, he's not the guy that's going to be, like, leading the offense, you know? He is very much an assister and a, and a chance creator. Um you know, to to kind of make some runs and play in off of other people around him, and he just doesn't have that. Yeah. 
I just want to know what is Roberto Martinez, their head coach, doing about trying to put out all these fires? Because clearly yeah. nothing is going right in the locker room right now. Like it is a disaster to be around that team. It seems like, like I don't get how they can overcome that against a Croatia side that's going to frustrate them because they're so. Yes, they're older, and yes, we've talked about we're not the biggest fans of them, you and I. But they've I, got they've got this uh, really nice midfield for a reason, and like they have all this wealth of experience, and they're going to get frustrated tomorrow, I think. You yeah. Know? And that's kind of like the direct antithesis to Belgium is this Croatia side right now. Like this is a team that's kind of like made by its chemistry, you know. So that's definitely going to be something to add on to that frustration for Belgium. I think Croatia wins two nothing. I don't even think, I don't even think Belgium scores. Even if they even. have Lukaku out, I don't think they score. Yeah. Mind you, mind you, both the defenses are not great. True. Although, I do have more faith. I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm saying this. But I have more faith in Dayon Lovren and whoever else is going to pair with him than I do Yen Vertagen and Toby Alderweireld. Gosh! And Dayon Lovren is trash! I love him to death, but he's trash. He's been trash since he was at Liverpool. So he got replaced. Ugh. Yeah. I have more faith in him and Vita or whoever else is going to pair with him over over Ratongan, who has been, you know, the spiller of secrets, apparently, with, yeah. <laughs> with all of their stuff. Also, the people of Belgium, obviously nobody from Belgium listens to this podcast. According to my Spotify route for this podcast, two countries listen to this, and I guarantee you it is the United States and Mexico, and it's probably my aunt who listens to this. So I know no Belgians are not listening to this. But anyway, I'm going to say it anyway. Don't freaking riot after the game tomorrow. Like, don't do that. Like, you should not riot over a football game. Unless you're Philadelphia. Sure, unless you're Philadelphia. Like, it's not that deep, and you guys know your team's not that good. Don't do it. Good grief. Not that like hard. It's the last chance to win the World Cup, even if we know we're losing. we got to burn the city down. It's ridiculous. Like, don't do it, man. It's not worth it. Who wins? What's your result prediction? Croatia 3-1. Okay. They would, yeah, in that case, they'd win the group. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, Morocco I wins, like, 6 nothing. <laughs> yeah which I mean with Canada's defense maybe you never know never know okay now the spicy one spicy group the spicy group oh my goodness uh, let's start with Costa Rica Germany oh man I wish that I had had the cajones to say that I thought that Germany would not make it out of the group stage in the very first episode that I came on here. Because I had the thought in my brain. And you didn't want to say it. I remember you texted me like right after the episode came out. I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to sound stupid. Like surely this side's going to get out, right? Like they're World Cup favorites for the past eight years. And they suck. Just kidding. They don't suck. (laughs) They just, I don't know. They're just not as good. 
they, they're just not as good. They're getting old. They're getting to that turning point. Obviously, I don't know. They've got a lot of the young guys overlapping. That's why I'm so confused with them because, like, you look at their lineups and, like, you can obviously see the age hitting them. But, like, that 1-1 draw against Spain was a great result for them. Like, you've got Musiala. You've got Kimmich. You've got um, – and then you've got that contrasted with, like, Obviously, Neuer is getting out there. Moeller is getting out there. Gundogan's like, kind of getting up there. Um, and then you've got, again, another young guy in Rudiger. Like, it seems like they're pretty evenly balanced of, like, really on their way out the door versus, like, here to stay for the next two, three cycles. Um, so, I don't know, man. It just – that upset from Japan really, really did them dirty just because that's a bad way to start your World Cup off. You've got a tough game against Spain. So I don't know. I think that they should win against Costa Rica. They should get their way to four points. Um, The thing about that is what's going to happen with Spain and Japan, which we can talk about that more later. But, yeah, just to end it with the Germany-Costa Rica game, I think that they win pretty handily. Um, Obviously, Costa Rica upset. I don't know if you want to call it upset, but they beat Japan when we thought that they would um, kind of not be putting up a fight anymore, but yeah, I think Germany should win on paper two or three to nothing. So I'm going to call it two nothing Germany, and then that moves them to four points. Say they win two nothing, their goal difference is at plus one. That's it. Okay. As much as I want to be pro chaos and say Costa Rica finds a way to win. <laughs> I do have to remember how they scored their first goal, or the only goal the other, yeah, the only goal they had the other day against Japan. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a it was a lucky break. It really, really was. So, yeah, that's right. I don't think that's going to happen against the not the best German backline we've ever seen, but a competent one nonetheless. Unless Rudiger does high knees again, then that'd be funny. But no, I, I just don't. I don't see that happening, especially no. against Manuel Neuer. I, I do not. There are very few guys that um, I will always say, like, I'm never going to bet against this guy. It's like, yeah. why would you ever bet against Tom Brady, for example? Yeah. Um, you don't bet against Manuel Neuer. You just don't. He's always so good. Um, so I'm not going to bet against him. But I will say that I think there's a strong chance that Costa Rica frustrates them. Um, yeah. And so I'm only going to say that they win one nothing or 2-1. Like, they only win by a goal. Okay. Can see I that. think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring match, even though Germany should honestly, like, throttle them. I don't think yeah. they will. Okay, Japan-Spain. Man. I mean, not too much for me to say. Like, obviously, Japan looked great against Germany. Not too hot against Costa Rica coming off of what you'd expect after looking like they did against Germany. So, I mean, I just don't know what to expect with this Japanese team. Like, I don't know their players well enough um, to, like, understand what was happening in those games, really. So, I mean, I got to go with what I know. The Spain side looks fantastic. I think that they arguably, I know we talked about it last time, but... You know, I think that they probably should have won against Germany. I think that they should have scored before Germany 
Like I think that Spain's chances to score happened before Germany's chances to score, and I think that that would have changed the game completely. So I, I don't think that Germany would have been in it as much um, if Spain had you know finished their shots. Um, and I just like how electric and quick and how how concise they are with their passes. Like they're just such a tight tightly knit team. Um, and I really like them. Um, they're up there like for me with Argentina as like kind of like if I've got to pick two teams right now, I'm kind of picking, I'm leaning towards Spain and Argentina, obviously Brazil's in there, but if I'm picking two, I think I would rock with Spain and Argentina. I'm saying Spain, Spain, not to be boring and do the same score, but two nil again. I honestly, I think this game is, I mean, you can say this about most games. I think Spain flat out dominates. Yeah. Not to the level of Costa Rica. Okay, I was just about to ask that. But I think their midfield is going to throttle Japan's midfield, and that's going to make the difference to me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't have any like, you know. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Further analysis, like that's just how I feel. Like, yeah, they look so good in all facets, pretty much. And uh, I just think Japan lost their opportunity the other day to like really try to, you know, keep things going in their favor. So, yeah, honestly, Spain three nothing okay. or three one. I think they score at least three. I really do. Yeah. I just think they're going to have a lot of opportunities from the from the way that Gavi and Pedri, specifically how they play. Um, yeah. I think they'll be able to create a lot, um, open up space for for your boy, Danny Elmo, and, uh, and Asensio. And, Asensio looks nuts as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're also just – I think that they're – let me pull up their bench just – so I'm confident in what I'm saying. Yeah, they're one of the more deeper teams as well. Like, yeah, I think that uh, I might be talking a little out of my zone here, but I I don't know. Would you say how would you say that they compare to Brazil's depth? Like, no, it's not the same. No, the same. Brazil has Brazil by far has the deepest team in the tournament. Like, there's no okay. question about it. Where would you rank uh, Spain? And Argentina, and and like England. France or yeah. England, yeah. In comparison, uh, like obviously Brazil's number one. Where would you go? Second, third, fourth? Sure. Um, I would say, gosh, suffering. I thought I would say. France, man, I really would put France second. I know they're top heavy, sure. but they but they have really nice bench options. They do. Two A and two B, France and and Spain. That's what I'll say. Um, okay. And then Argentina would be like slightly below them. Yeah, like just barely. Because, like I said, I think this is a really nice supporting cast for Messi. Yeah. And then England, just because 
they left guys at home that should not be left at home. True. And I'm still very, <laughs> you know, frustrated at Southgate for leaving guys like Tamori and, and Ivan Tony home. Um, yeah. Dope. And also because he doesn't want to play Phil Foden. But maybe after the way Phil Foden played yesterday, he's going to actually think, play him. So. Really, he earned his way in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So. Okay, well, a Spain dub and a Germany dub would mean that Germany goes through to the round of 16. Yep. Which I'm not going to say that I think that they don't deserve it. Because I want to, I want to have sympathy for the way that they started, and I think that the draw against Spain was respectable. Like I said, that there's a case that you could have, you could take the position that they should have won, and I wouldn't be mad as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just the the part of the part of me that wants havoc, really wants Costa Rica to get a draw, or Japan even. Even if Japan gets a draw with Spain, then it's Japan and Spain. Yeah. Well, actually, no. If, if Spain and Japan draw, Germany could still go through off goal difference if they beat the snot out of Costa Rica. Oof. Because Japan drawing would leave them at a goal difference of zero, and Germany is only at minus one. So if they win, they're at least at zero. Okay. Could Could go higher. Okay, and then we get to deal with all the fun, all uh, the yellows and fair play, and, the, and the goals for, and what's the other one that was being talked about for the Mexico game today? My friend was trying to. It's goals for, and then it's head to head, and then it's fair play, which is the yellow cards and red. Well, cards. there was another one too. There was a no. drawing of lots, whatever that oh, that's means. After that's after fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> First is points, then goal difference, then goals scored, and then head-to-head, and then yellow cards. And then if you're tied on all of those, then they do the old-fashioned bingo trick and just pull the ball out the out the hat. Uh, Which so is so foul. Could you imagine yeah. your World Cup journey ending because you just didn't get your name called? Dude, it's like a coin flip, too. Like, imagine. It's, well, yeah, it's like if, if the video is accurate from what I saw. Because this happened in uh, – 2010 it happened pretty recently in the grand scheme of how often the world cup comes around um i want to say it was one of the african countries and one of the scandinavian countries maybe i don't know i might be just misremembering that but yeah they it's literally like the champions league like big bucket with the little cards in it you know yeah and they just, so crazy yeah which I guess another little quick addition to the Mexico game. I was kind of another reason why the goal from Saudi Arabia didn't really matter is because Poland was going to advance um, with both games being two nil because I believe you guys had five or six yellows and they only had three or four. And they got one at the end of that game too. That made it. Yeah. Closer. But I, think, I think they were still, I think you you guys still had maybe one more. Yeah, we we definitely needed we needed to either score one more or if Argentina yeah. had made like one of their million chances. Dude, if yeah, Chesney doesn't save the penalty, maybe we go through. Gosh. Yeah, Chesney uh-huh. has 
20 saves in this group stage. Yeah, he had like 12 today, I'm pretty sure. Or 10, yeah. Gosh. 10 today, and he had 10 through the first two games. Yeah, goalie of the tournament so far, by far, by far. For sure. So, kudos to him, I guess. Again, he is literally the only reason why... Pulling us through. Did I tell you this earlier? I don't think I did. So I tweeted after the game. I was like, oh, by the way, this Poland team is not good, and I hope they get creamed by France or something like that. And then a bunch of Polish people just started like ravaging in my. Yeah, dude. Like. Did you delete the tweet or is it still up? No, it's still up. Like 100%. I don't delete tweets. Like, that's dumb. Like, like, if you go look at it, it's like all these, like, these Polish people, like, I'm sure they're cussing me out in their language. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're I'm saying. <laughs> see, see? <laughs> Is there a translate? Bro, I'm putting this into Google right oh, now. Oh, dude. If it's bad, obviously don't say it live yeah, on the air yeah. if it's bad. <laughs> and, and I guess if you accidentally say it, I'll bleep it out. But that... That would be even funnier if it's like... <laughs> well, I do it with Clayton... Uh, I've had to, to do it with him a couple of times because that bum has said <laughs> a couple of words like, dude. And he's like, oh, crap. I'm sorry. Oh, crap. Sorry. Okay. Oh, my God. Is it bad? It's bad. Just show it to me on your on your screen. It's going to be flipped. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't flipped. The, I could see it. Okay. Okay. That's the first tweet. That's the first one? Oh, my yeah. God. And then I'm about to put in what... This this dude replied to him. Oh, dude, that is amazing. That is incredible. I did never would have thought I'd get oh <laughs> spammed by Polish people. Dude, <laughs> this one's even worse, man. <laughs> no way! Dude, no way! Oh, no sorry. way! Oh my gosh! All Listener, right. I'm well, sorry you can't see this, but it would yeah. it's not good. And you're not supposed to see this. It's really bad. Oh my then, gosh. Ooh, this one's not super bad. The third one says some dog. Okay, sure. I, I assume in, in colloquial Polish. There's <laughs> a really a negative word. connotation. Yeah. Oh my word. That it's second one. Bad. Yeah, dude. The second one is foul. Oh, that is that is amazing oh my goodness yeah i'm not gonna delete that like i'm, I'm not one of those people who's like oh this is something like bro who cares it's just twitter it's not that deep for sure for sure but that's so Dude, funny that's, that's so funny man like part of me wants to this is so bad i'm such a terrible person for thinking this and saying this out loud on my show but part of me wants to be like on their butts about it, like when they inevitably lose on Sunday or Dude, Saturday. I will for you. I'll reply. To their replies <laughs> In Spanish, to obviously, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just be like, "Hey, idiots! Like, look who's talking now." Look who's losing. Be, but then they're like, "Oh, you didn't even get out of the group stage." Like, well, yeah, no duh. But who's the only exactly. reason why you got yeah. out of the group stage? Your goalie. The rest of your team is exactly. trash. Even though you have a generational striker. Gosh, man, oh, that is amazing. Owen is down bad for sure. Yeah. And they're going to be exposed. Yeah. Again, they, sh- I mean, they barely got in because they had to play a play in or playoff tournament. And, I, what do you think? But to, to that, hold on, to that point, kudos to them and to Australia for being 
teams that have advanced to knockout stage despite having to be in a playoff. That's true. Sorry, Wales, you are not part of that discussion. Wah, wah. Yep. Anyways. Um, I guess one quick last thought about our final, final, final thought about the Saudi Arabia Mexico game. Uh I guess it's not about that game. What do you think would have been Mexico's result if in the Poland game to start off the tournament you guys came out in the lineup that we saw today? I mean, I think we win. I genuinely do. Like, the way Pineda and, and Chavez worked together made so much sense. Like, Pineda plays a little bit more forward um, and helped open up what Chavez was able to do. Like, Chavez today had a lot of, like, kicks outside of the box where he's just trying to boot it and trying to get anywhere close to goal. Like, not afraid to do that. And he wasn't really able to do that to some degree because they had they were like dropping back a little bit. It wasn't like a more attack minded midfield. So yeah, man, I I, I really feel like we would have won. And also, not even just the lineup, if we just play with that same energy and not play for a draw, because I don't know why we were playing for a draw against Poland. Like sure, play for the draw or, or try to survive against Argentina. I'm all for that. And you know, until we scored, it worked out well. Or until they scored. But why would you do that against Poland? Whatever. Yeah. I Yeah, I genuinely think, bias aside, I genuinely think Mexico wins that game. Yeah. If that's the same lineup. But yeah, does it sure. matter now? Gosh, what a disaster. Ugh. We were not very happy in this household, as you can imagine. I haven't even talked to my family yet, so that's going to be fun discussions over the next couple of days when I talk to my grandpa, who can barely hear, but definitely still knows his stuff. Like, God bless his soul. Um, gosh, what a oh, beating. Man. Am I missing anything? I feel like we've covered all our bases for tonight. I feel like we have, but this is honestly one of our shorter sessions. No, it's not. This is definitely one of our longer ones. No, 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 no. We had what? like we had one that almost went two hours the other day, but this is like this yeah, we had long. a two hour, and then yesterday's was like an hour forty. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe like well, part hour. of it was because like the last ten minutes, you were trying to figure out your five aside. That's true. Yeah, that, that a lot of that time was was to me just <laughs> just stalling. Yeah, yeah. I guess slightly shorter. Yeah, I'm surprised we went this shorter. Uh. I don't know what's happened else today in the sports world. Actually, you know what? Why don't we talk about this? Because why not? We're already here. Uh, the Rose Bowl uh, signed off on an agreement that basically makes the college football playoff uh, 12 teams in two years. Wow. Really? I didn't see yes. that. Are you, are you pro 12 teams or expanded playoff? Are you not for that? What are your thoughts on that? I've asked a lot of people this recently, and I have – a very wide range of answers. So, um, let me pull up the college football uh, rankings right now, just so I have that on tap. Um, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC's top four, and then Ohio State's five and Bama six, I think. Uh, USC is four. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, I mean, so it'd be a 12-team playoff, you said? Yeah. In two years. Not this year, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think initially I I like it because I feel like – and I, I'm kind of a – I've kind of fallen off on how much 
I go in and out between keeping up with college football and, you know, kind of not really so. But <clears throat> I'm a Michigan fan, and there has been a couple years to my memory in the past 10 years where we've kind of been on the cusp of playoff team, but, you know, we're sitting in that, like, 10 to 5 spot. Um, and so I really think that there's, I mean, not a lot of negatives that I pull away from an expanded playoff. Um, cause there's always a team that's going to be right. Like when you just have four teams, like right now, if it were Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, Ohio state, from my understanding has been good this year. So like they've only lost to Michigan who is number two right now, you know? And so like, I don't know. I can definitely – I think it's more exciting, um, and it gives more teams a chance. And, you know, college football is one of the sports where you ultimately have to go undefeated to even be – or, you like, in years past, and definitely when it was just number one and two playing for the championship, like, you had to go undefeated to be, even be considered, like, getting a shot in the championship game. So I like it. Um I think it's going to be more exciting. What do you think? I am pro expansion, but I'm not pro 12. I think 12 is way too much. Okay. I've always been on the side of eight. Yeah. Um, I think eight is the perfect number because you have your power five um, conference championship winners. You're at large. So like your Cincinnati's of last year and your UCF's or whatever. And the two at large, I've always been pro that. Although my opinion on that has changed over the last year or so, ever since people have started to switch conferences. Mm-hmm. So 12 does make a little more sense in the respect of, let's say there's a year where Alabama and Texas and OU and LSU and another SEC team, like, they're all really good. Or Georgia, like, you could have five really good SEC teams in the top ten. It's hard to leave them all out. Like, that's good, I guess, especially since everybody's becoming stacked. Like, when USC and UCLA switch over to the Big Ten, like, same thing. Like, you don't want to leave all those teams out because they don't win their conference if they're good enough, obviously. So, like... I don't know. I, I do feel like 12 is too much. Um, yeah. Regardless. Um, and even just looking at the rankings right now, you can sort of start to start to see a definite drop off with like that number 10, number 11 spot. Yeah. 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 When you start to move down to a three loss team, which like, I know I just made the case for like, it's kind of ridiculous that you need to go undefeated to get considered, but at the same time, when your when your season is only twelve games long, and at least three of those games maybe are going to be a cakewalk for you, depending on the schedule, sometimes more. Um, you know, I think that when you start to get to a two or three loss team, I, I think I think it's okay to ask questions about, you know, is this team worth it at taking a stab at the championship? So I. Yeah. Looking at these rankings, I think the cutoff would be okay at eight with Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. Even with all the changes. Twelve is a little much, not gonna lie. 
but you know they're gonna get some big time money out of that. And by they, you mean ESPN? It's not like yep. It's not like Disney needs more money. The evil empire of the world, the monopoly central of the world. Come on, man! They need more money. At least ESPN doesn't. Well, I will say. Also, I don't know why Siri and my watch went off. Thanks, Siri. Um, I will say I. I'm kind of glad ESPN is not doing the World Cup, but I'm also not glad that they aren't because I feel like they'd be a little bit more better with their coverage. I don't know. Fox has been doing fine, but yeah. ideally the best coverage would be on CBS because I think CBS and what they've done with um, with Champions League has been outstanding, and I wish yeah. those guys were doing World Cup, but whatever. That's me being nitpicky about broadcasting. Like, Why yeah. am I doing that? Um Although the other day we were discussing uh, <laughs> the goofy call of John Strong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the lead broadcaster of Fox. I actually really like John Strong. I, I, I understand why. Well, actually, I don't understand why a lot of people hate him. I think he's actually really good for an American commentator of the sport. Yeah. Um, but that call was admittedly a little bit goofy, so it's fine. Um, it is what it is. Uh I feel like that's it, right? I feel like we don't have anything else really to to touch over. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, there hasn't been any like other like crazy updates around the world, like yeah. club wise, or uh, there's no more context on the Onana situation, yeah. which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, hold on. Big injury. Um. Nuno Mendes is out for Portugal. Really? He, uh, what did he do? Oh, he injured his thigh. So he's going to be out not only the rest of the World Cup for the gosh, I cannot talk, but also for the next two months. Also, Ben White has left the England squad for personal really? reasons. Hmm. Did they get a replacement? No, you can't replace anybody at this point. Ooh. It's too late. Wow. So, there's that. Um, also, the Ronaldo massive deal that we were talking about yeah. this morning in the group chat. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't know, listener, he received a proposal from Al Nazar, who that's a Saudi league team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> almost $200 million per season until 2025. That's uh, so there's that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I don't know. I just I can't see him playing there, regardless of how big of a money deal that is. Yeah. Oh, did we never talked about the Messi news? I don't know if you did with Clayton. No, not really. We've kind of briefly touched on it, like in past EPL talks of like uh-huh. I think it's inevitable that Messi's going to come here. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be for that. Saudi money like I was telling you guys in the chat shout out Connor for for bringing it up um but like that's under the current MLS like financial structure like he can't get paid that much money like yeah I'm just gonna repeat what I said in the group chat earlier so all you guys who were in the group chat sorry I'm just repeating what I said over text the highest paid guy in MLS right now is Lorenzo Antonio, who plays for Toronto, and he gets paid about fourteen million a year. Um, a lot of guys in MLS do not even get paid a million dollars. Even like high profile names don't even get paid a million dollars. Like Gareth Bale, for example, 
barely is making a million. I'm pretty sure Chiellini is the same way too um, yeah. over in L.A. So you're expecting Lionel Messi to make $50 million a year on a team that has already dealt with financial uh, trouble um, and punishment from the league because there was a, a situation a few years ago where they had four designated players, which designated players in MLS – um, is a certain type of player that you can go over the salary cap for. Um, mm-hmm. It's you reserve that for your, like your really big name star players on your team, um, the guys that you want to build around for a long time. Gareth Bale is not that for Chiellini and, or for LAFC. Neither is Chiellini. Again, my words are just bad at this point. Um, but Miami, when they first started, had three, and then they eventually turned into four. So they broke the rule and then they got a major fine because they failed to register one of, I'm trying to remember all four of these guys, but at some point they had blaze Matweedy. That's a name. I'm sure you haven't heard in a long time. It is a name. I haven't heard in a long time. French world cup champion. Mm-hmm. Gonzalo Higuain, Rodolfo Pizarro. And then this Argentine youngster named, uh, Mati Pellegrini. Um, who had a really bright future, and then they ended up having to cut his DP deal and send him to the reserves. He got super screwed. Like, that guy got super screwed, and now he's playing back in his home country. God bless him. Um, Got super messed up from the MLS system. But because they failed to register, I think it was Matuidi. I don't think they registered him as a designated player, but he was making a buku amount of money. And so MLS investigated, and then they punished uh, them for doing that. I don't remember what it was, but I think it was like a really big fine. So all I'm, wh- what I'm saying there is that Messi has to be careful. Well, not Messi has to be careful. The team has to be careful about how much money they give Messi because they've yeah. already been, you know, punished pretty hard by the league. So, yeah. and but also something. it's inevitable that it's going to happen. Yeah. So something also to consider in that when you're talking about 50 million a year for Messi, like numbers like that, guess what Inter Miami's annual revenue is? Is it over or under a hundred million? Under. Is it over or under 50? Under. 23. 22.4. Oh, I was really close. I was really close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, MLS teams just don't make money. They just yeah. don't. It's and true. especially them right now because they don't play in a real stadium. Like, yeah. their actual stadium has not been built yet. Like, they're playing on what they thought was going to be their training ground. Yeah. So they just added, like, really big, like, high school-style bleachers to them. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, maybe that... Apple TV deal that we talked about this morning works out in their favor yeah. um, for more money, but yeah, I don't know. One more funny story uh, f- before we go. Um, also, by the way, Liverpool's looking at two players who have been stars at the World Cup, Cody Gakpo and Mohamed Kumbudus. Hopefully we get both of them. That'd be really great. Oh. Did you know that uh, Dusan Blahovic uh, had to deny a report today about an affair that he supposedly had with Serbia's reserve goalkeeper. <laughs> wow. 
He said it's absurd, complete nonsense. Oh, with the Serbia Reserve Keeper's wife. I'm sorry. It's sad that I have to come here and explain myself. It's invented by people who have nothing better to do with their life. Well, isn't that interesting? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. Also, he hasn't played, which has been super sad. I wish he has been able to get some minutes for, for yeah. Serbia at this point. But I think part of it has to do with an injury. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. But they need him. They need him on Friday whenever they play again. Yeah. Okay. That's a good place to stop. Listener, God bless you for listening to this episode, and especially my rant. Um, This one was a doozy. And, you know, all the word salad and mushy brain. And, you know, it's 11, almost 1130. So thanks for bearing with us as... We have provided you with more World Cup content. Um, Thanks, Dawson, again for being here. If you like the show, feel free to rate and review over at uh, Spotify and Apple and all the places. All you who listen on Spotify, thank you so much. I just got Spotify rap numbers today, and I'm really, really happy with with the numbers and got a couple texts from some people sending me screenshots that I was, that the show's top three in the in their ranking or in their rats, which is super cool. So thanks for that. I really appreciate it. Um, if you rate and review, it helps people more to be more aware of the show. So just rate and review. Um, follow the both of us on social media. If you haven't already, it'll be in the show notes. Be sure to follow the pod at Dennis and Friends Pod on Instagram and email the pod Dennis and Friends Pod at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to hear, things of that nature. Um, we will be back probably tomorrow and at some point Friday recording with Ryan Owens again tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. I know Dawson and I are going to record at some point, maybe tomorrow, if not Friday, I'm not really sure. And then Clayton and I are going to record later this week and I may or may not be making a guest appearance on another show. So be ready for that. Um, but yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for following along all the fun World Cup coverage. We're going to be pretty consistent with this as we have been, but pretty consistent until the end of the round of 16. So as of now, the schedule, we have four games tomorrow, four games on Friday, and then Saturday starts around the 16. And then we start having just two games on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and then Wednesday and Thursday our off days and then quarterfinals are next Friday and Saturday and then the Tuesday and Wednesday after that are the semifinals and then the final it's gonna be over really quick so we'll be pumping out a lot of episodes till then so be sure and stay tuned but until next time be good do good Mr. Maxwell send us home peace